To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody liked Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it in the ass. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? Why the f*** is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash, donate, any amount is appreciated. Uh, if you can find me on Instagram, at Positive underscore Sarcasm, you can uh, find me on Facebook.com, slash, POS Sarcasm. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can go ahead and find me on video version of Rumble, Rumble at Positive Sarcasm, or you can also still catch me on Facebook.com, slash, POS Sarcasm. <gasps> Audio version anywhere where podcasts are available, including Substack. Like, subscribe, share, donate, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Posing music, of course, still available. My rates went up but only by only $5 an hour, so it shouldn't break your bank. Um, I know pretty much anything else if you're competing in the NPC or the WNBF, it's pretty much will, but my rates are still pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've already had two cups of coffee today, and I think we're good. Um, actually, normally my coffee intake is about a cup and a half because I got some spillover. Uh, I got Jamaican uh, Jamaican Mountain Berry. Uh, I haven't had that in a very, very long time. I'll be honest with you, just, at least the brand I got, it tastes like anything else. Um, but whatever. I mean, still, to this day, the best coffee I've ever had was still out of... Was it Fort Worth? Lake Worth, excuse me, right next to Palm Beach. Still the best coffee I ever had. Cuba, little Cuban shop with churros and, and black coffee from uh, Cafe Bustello. Still the best. Still the best. Strong as shit. Delicious. Um, what else we got going on here? Oh, one of the things we like to do up here in New England is talk about the weather. Well, except for me. I can't stand the fucking weather. Like I don't, I can't stand talking about. It. I get it. It's the winter. You live in New, you live in the, the Northeast. You're gonna have shitty weather. Your best thing you can do is just get on with it. But everybody talks about it. Oh my God, we got six inches of snow. Oh my God, we got twelve inches of snow. Oh my God, it's gonna be a nor'easter or an El Nino or a blizzard. Is the power out? No. Who gives a shit? Okay, I drove. I, I drove north just a few weeks ago. It was negative fifteen degrees. I just kept driving. Not like nobody's business. Uh, today it was snowing. The day before it was snowing. The week the week before it was snowing. It was zero degrees. It, it's supposed to snow for the entire week. Just get on with it. I don't understand why people spend all this money on all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive, and they can't keep manage to keep their car on the road. They can't seem to pay attention to what they're doing. It doesn't matter. It's all about you. I'm still in a 25-year-old car with front-wheel drive. It just happens to weigh 5,000 pounds. I'm getting through the snow just fine because I'm taking my time and focusing on what I'm doing. But the really, the topic of all of it is if you – all you have to talk about is the weather, you've got nothing to talk about. You've got nothing interesting to say. Oh, the weather's going to be crazy. I don't give a shit. I absolutely do not care. Pick a different pair of shoes and get on with it. Dress appropriately. Oh, the snow's coming. Be careful this week. That's it. Okay. Good. 
can we move on are we done with the subject it's it's great there's so many other things to talk about or there's so many things that are that are worth not talking about or just being in silence being in the comfort of people and not having to say anything whether you're just watching the sunrise or watching tv or uh watching a youtube video about the coronavirus most likely being in a lab which they finally admitted to it's all about not giving a shit about the weather because you live in the northeast you should expect it you should know how to drive when it comes about it's really not a big deal you don't need a forty thousand dollar suv to get you through three inches of fucking snow it makes no difference four-wheel drive is not going to help you the moment you step on your brakes it just isn't that weight is going to slide forward whether you like it or not and you're going to end up at the snowbank because it's your own damn fault I have not slid off the road since uh, 2018, and I was going too damn fast on the highway, and I hit well, I hit a snow patch and went off the road. My own damn fault. I was in a front-wheel drive car. It wouldn't have made any bit of difference. It's my own damn fault. Now I'm in a car that's freaking 10 years older than that one, and I'm cruising along just fine. It's just I, I, I have this seething anger for even when people talk about it. It's, it's just – maybe I'm just not the person to talk. Maybe I'm just not worth talking to, okay? Maybe I'm just not worth talking to. But it's one of those – if you are going to talk to me, don't be about the weather. It's beautiful up here. The snow is eventually going to go away. We are a month – we are one month literally from all the snow going away and us moving on with our lives and getting into spring and watching the birds chirp and the rain fall and the dogs walk and all that other bullshit and everything's going to be just fine just like it always is unless you're in venice italy and there's literally no water left in the canals how the fuck what is that even all about what is that all about actually let's look that up i was going to talk about some conspiracy theory type shit which just happened to come true but i'm just curious what's going on with the venice waterways venice Let's just talk. Let's just go Venice, and then let's just type in. I mean, is it like low tide or something? Um, Never-ending drought emergency. It's Italy's iconic Venice canals have dried up. I thought Venice was supposed to sink. So why is all of a sudden, like literally, it was? It, everybody was talking about the Venice canals sinking. Venice was literally sinking, going to be underwater. Now let's pick a. I don't know. Let's just pick the top one here. Let's just go to Yahoo. Um. The renowned canal, renowned, excuse me, sorry, I apologize. Let's pop up an article. Alright. The renowned canals in the compact Italian city of Venice are usually threatened by flooding, but now weeks of dry winter have weather have made it impossible for gondolas, water taxis, and ambulances to navigate. Concerns over a never-ending severe drought come on the heels of another emergency that heightened last summer, which saw less than the half of the amount of normal snowfall in the Alpine Mountains and caused the country's rivers and lakes to suffer. Uh, an Italian environment. The government, the country's longest river, which runs through the Alps, has 61% water than normal for the first time this year. Oh, okay. The lack of rain, a high-pressure system, a full moon, and sea currents are contributing to the Venice's unusually low tides. So is it just the lack of rain, or is it the high-pressure system, a full... Okay. Um, that is, that's pretty low water. Venice, a designated UNESCO World Heritage Site comprised of 118 tiny islands linked by canals and bridges, was built in the 5th century. The Grand Canal is the main road through the city. Images show awestruck onlookers perched above canal reduced to muddy pits. That's pretty cool. Uh, boats are docked along a dried canal during a low tide in Venice. 
Tuesday, some of Venice's secondary canals have practically dried up lately due to a prolonged spell of low tides linked to a lingering high-pressure weather system. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Rising sea levels are usually a primary threat to this historic city, situated on a small fish-shaped island at the northwest corner of the Adriatic City. The frequency of high water events have gone from two per decade to, during the first half of the 20th century, more than two to more than 40 per decade now, eroding the foundations of the tightly packed buildings along the canal edges, according to NASA. The fabled city of Atlantis, the city at risk of being, like the fabled city of Atlantis, the city is at risk of being submerged. Autumn and winter high tide flood city streets and raise water levels above the canals, on the canals, making it difficult to imp or impossible for boats to squeeze into the bridges. In the coming days, forecasters predict temporary relief from much-needed participation and snow in the Alps. Okay. So... It went from being extreme, you know, possibly being flooded and basically sinking to now it's drying out. Okay. Well, maybe we'll talk more about the story. It would be a real shame if we lost uh, Venice, but let's be honest, Venice is literally eroding. So I'm not sure what can be done about this issue. I'm not sure what they're what they're. I'm I'm assuming if they're gonna they're not gonna want to lose the city. I'm sure. They could file for a relief and then something can happen. Uh, I mean, have I ever been there? I'm, no, I've, I've never been to Italy. I've never been to Sicily. So so I guess what they're saying is partial. one of the partial reasons is that water comes from the Alps during the snow. And then when the snow melts from the Alps, it comes down uh, down the channels into the Venice, in, into Venice canals. Okay, and that apparently hasn't happened. Okay. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to tell you about that, but I figured I'd uh, look into it a little bit more. But it had it, it said that there was other reasons. Um, concerns over never-ending drought come on the heels of less than height in last summer, less than the amount of normal snowfall. Okay. What else? Lack of rain, high-pressure system, full moon, and sea currents. Okay, there we go. So there you have it. So if you are planning to uh, travel to Italy um, or to the Venice area, uh, wait till there's a little bit of waterfall, and then you should be good to go. But it's going to be April soon, so generally when the spring hits, there's a shit ton of water, there's a shit ton of rain, and that should probably take care of the issue. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know if this is, like I said, I just read this article. It's on Yahoo News. I don't know what the bias is, and I'm just, I'm assuming this isn't good. And I don't know how often this happens. Um, the frequency of high water events has gone from two per decade during the first half of the 20th century to more to 40 per decade. It's a high water events, uh, eroding the foundations of tightly packed buildings along the canals, like the fabled city of Atlantis was being submerged. Okay. Well, it can't submerge now if it's freaking not underwater, or if there's no water there. Okay. Anyways, um, I wanted to move on to me being right. Um, so, in the very, very beginning, and as of a, like literally six months ago, um, people talked about the vaccine being more effective than uh, natural immunity. Now it turns out that, according to all the recent studies, immu natural immunity is more effective, if not, it's as effective, if not more effective, than two shots of the highest quality mRNA vaccine that's out there. 
that's finally being the finally the studies are out there and I'm gonna move on to the next piece of this so we will move on because both of these things were conspiracy theory six months to a year ago and you were a fucking kook if um, you decided that you, this is the this is your your talking point or this is your opinion so the first step we will go to is this is from NBC uh, immunity acquired from COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death. This study finds so at least as high, if not higher, than two doses of mRNA. Um, the Lancet Journal, which is a highly prestigious journal, um, that that's on par what's provided with two dose of, doses of mRNA. Infection acquired immunity cut the risk of hospitalization and death from a COVID reinfection by 88% for at least 10 months, study found. This is really good news in the sense that protection against severe disease and death after infection is really quite sustained at 10 months, 88%. In the senior study, uh, Dr. Christopher Murray, the director of Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation of University of Washington, the findings shall be a small silver lining to the explosive Omicron outbreak last winter. So, Back when Alpha and Delta came out, or the Alpha wave came out, there was no vaccines. There was no vaccination at all. So by the time these vaccines came out, the Delta wave had already, was starting to was hitting. So let's see. Omicron 2020. Okay. So the Alpha wave was the first year. That was 2020. And then in by the time the vaccines supposedly were available in January 2021, after they started being implemented, the Delta wave hit. The Delta wave was more contagious and, and pretty aggressive, um, supposedly, compared to the Alpha variant. By the time natural by the time Omicron hit, which wasn't essentially was not deadly, if you got Omicron, you were essentially covered for Alpha and Delta. And even if you've had like colds, the cold is essentially a type of coronavirus. So if you've had colds or if you've had Omicron, you were essentially protected against Alpha and Delta variants. And remember when Alpha and Delta variants came out, there was no vaccine. There was just your health and wellness. So essentially your health and wellness was a better protection against the Alpha and Delta variant. And then if you had Omicron, you were essentially protected across the boards. According to them, 88% for 10 months. Um, this is really good news. The findings shall be a silver lining. Okay. Still, experts stress that vaccination is preferable route to v immunity given the risks of COVID, particularly in unvaccinated people. Uh, the pro remember, this is also NBC News. Well, okay, if it's particularly in unvaccinated people. The problem saying I'm going to get infected to get immunity is my... Might, you might be saying, I am might be one of those people that ends up in the hospital or die. Would you take the risk when you can get immunity through vaccination quite safely? That is a skewed narrative, at, especially at this point. Um, because when you're talking about what? The health risks? What health risks are we talking about? Are we talking about myocarditis? Are we talking about stroke? Are we talking about heart disease what, or long COVID? These are the effects that were found when you actually got the shots as opposed to not getting the shots. The study was the largest meta-analysis to date 
uh, to look at immunity following infection. It included 65 studies from 19 countries compared the risk of developing COVID again in people who had recovering from infection who had recovered from infections to people who hadn't been infected through September. People who had hybrid immunity or immunity from both infection and vaccination were excluded. Omicron subvariants that emerged in the late fall and early winter uh, last year, including BQ1 and now its dominant subvariant, weren't included. While protection from severe disease remained high, people who could be infected, particularly with Omicron subvariant, consistent with evidence that protection against having symptoms wanes faster than protection against hospitalization and death. Having COVID before the Omicron variant didn't uh, emerged didn't do much to stop reinfection with the mutated version. Protection fent fell from reinfection in that case was 74% after one month, but fell to 36%. Yeah, but the Omicron variant is far less dangerous than the Delta variant. So if you're infected with a Delta variant, but you get infected with the Omicron variant, you're going to feel like shit for a few days. Whoop-de-doo. Maybe. Even. Unless you're a health nut. Bob, Dr. Bob Watker, the chairman of the Department of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, said he did not expect that protection acquired from infection to be as robust as the meta-analysis found. Okay. Um, the immunity generated from infection was found to be at least high, if not higher, than the provided to... That's all you need to know. The immunity generated from an infection was found to be at least as high, at least as high, if not higher, than that provided by two doses of an mRNA vaccine, the authors wrote. While Murray and Walker agreed that vaccinations remain the safest route for now, having a past COVID infection should be at least considered in policymaking decisions going forward. Tiptoeing towards that line, slowly backtracking, slowly backtracking shit that we were talking about from the very fucking beginning. We were talking about vitamin D and, and other types of treatment back in the very first year that this situation was taking place. <coughs> what Europe did with this evidence made a lot of sense which is where evidence of past infection was seen as essentially equal to vaccination in terms of requirements to go into events of, for or for employment. Yeah, sure. When should I get a COVID booster? Never. All right. So on NBC News by Dr. by MD Akshay Saiwal, there was a study that came out essentially that states that that was done across 19 different countries saying that getting COVID, getting the latest subvariants of COVID is basically more protection, offers more protection going forward than getting jabbed, which offers its own, which has its own risks and also has waning protection over time. And then if you wanted to know more, you can go ahead and look up Dr. John Campbell on YouTube. He's a he's a British fellow who's been following this since the very, very beginning. A British doctor who's been following this in the very, very beginning. And watching his narrative change from the beginning is a very honest man. He's a very angry man right now due to the things that have taken place in his own country and the, quote, the bullshit detector that's going off in his head right now. So we go from wear a mask get vaccinated um, and this all being developed uh, COVID coming from a wet market to ma officially masks don't work natural immunity is better vitamin D proper vitamin D supplementation is good um, then of course also treatments such as ivermectin uh, preventative treatments such as ivermectin and active treatments as such as uh, hydroxychloroquine 
being actually useful, originally being conspiracy theory, now being studied in natural medicine. So we talk about that all of a sudden. And then, just this week, obviously, the Washington the, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Examiner, uh, the New York Post, finally some, finally, some clarity as the narrative continues to collapse. A lab leak is the most likely culprit for COVID-19 respiratory illness that devastated the world, the U.S. Energy Department. The U.S. Energy Department reportedly concluded. Leaning on new intelligence, the department, which oversees numerous United States labs and research centers, made a judgment. Remember, we probably funded this thing. Made a judgment in low confidence that a lab leak is the most likely origin of the pandemic. Per classified intelligence analysis shared with the White House and Congress, the Wall Street Journal reported. The Energy Department joins the FBI in its conclusion. While four other agencies believe COVID-19 is the most likely derived from natural transmission, they haven't flipped yet. Two agencies, including the CIA, haven't reached a firm conclusion per the report. Previously, the Energy Department was undecided on the matter, and then its shift it's in perspective comes as new results in of new intelligence, though the department's reasons for making its conclusion are different than the FBI's, while which reached its opinion with moderate confidence back in 2021, according to the Wall Street Journal. Specifics about the new intelligence that led to the Department of the Energy Department's shift may be unclear, despite diverging perspectives between U.S. agencies that appear to agree that COVID-19 did not derive from a Chinese biological weapons program. The report said, since the outbreak of the pandemic, there had been widespread, widespread speculation that the virus stemmed from a lab leak, fueled partly by the fact that the virus was first officially identified not far from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. China has adamantly denied that the virus was a result of a lab leak and even promulgated theories that the United States was responsible for unleashing the brutal illness upon the world. Well, remember that a lot of the funding that goes to the Wuhan Lab Institute is, you know, that there's U.S. money involved. The initial explanation is that this virus spread from a wet market near Wuhan, China, though the exact history of the transmission of the virus from animal to human has been subject to debate because it is con because a confirmed animal source for the virus has not been found. Public experts have been giving different conclusions about where the virus came from. For example, former Center for Disease Control and Prevention Director Dr. Robert Redfield said it likely came from the lab, while Dr. Fauci concluded it was more likely from a natural occurrence. Yeah, whatever. We completely keep, we, we keep, quote, we can keep a completely open mind as to what the origin is, Fauci said last year. Having said that, if you look at the examination by highly qualified international scientists with no political agendas the evidence is quite strong that this is a natural occurrence the guy this this is from the guy that said we do not do gain of function research and then change the the narrative of gain of function research and then the own institute that he worked for the national institute of health said yeah we do we did fucking fuck with gain. we did fund gain of function research for that lab this is the same guy who's essentially torturing blind puppies in uh south africa not South Africa. I think it was like Morocco or something like that. So, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Um, he should be tried for war crimes. And there you have it. So the whole narrative, essentially, for this whole thing is starting to collapse. So two years ago, two years ago, if you said that ivermectin does not work for, for prophylactic measures, hydroxychloroquine doesn't help for active moderate cases, that 
vitamin D was one of the best supplements to take for preventative prophylactic uh, uh, remedies, that health and exercise, low body fat, um, were preventative preventative measures and staying healthy through this whole thing. This that natural exercise and then of course about the lab leak. It possibly there's a fucking COVID nineteen lab, coronavirus lab in Wuhan, China, where the virus started. And then all of a sudden that natural immunity is obviously better than anything that could come up in a in a fucking drug lab in Pfizer. If you were to mention any of those things you were a psycho. You were a racist. You were, a, a, you know, a not following the science. You were an anti-vaxxer. You were everything. Like, I mean, the whole narrative, everything that they said up until this point has been complete is being completely shot down, or being backtracked on. And it's not, it's not slivers of truth. It's not slightly true. It's basically Dr. Brett Weinstein being completely vin- vindicated over everything that he has claimed or or come to believe or pointed to or discussed everything that he's talking about when it's ivermectin when it's vitamin d whether it's the 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 vaccine which he has not taken which is uh, the origin of the actual strain the original strain whether it was um who funded it the denial by anthony fauci in the nih originally by the nih but then they said yeah we did it this whole thing being completely vindicated and then we find out that they literally stopped tracking all this shit that documents they essentially stopped documenting uh documenting the whole study back in september of 2019 september of 2019 which is supposedly when this thing started to get its grubby fingers in the population and it really started to become a problem in december and there's also studies out that closing down jobs shutting down jobs shutting down the country was actually far more detrimental to the health and wellness of the population than actually shutting down the country themselves and social distancing like in the streets of durham right now there are still spray paints on the sidewalk imprintings on the sidewalk that says wear a mask six six feet in this stupid woke ass fucking town those things are literally all over the sidewalk and have yet to fade I walked into Whole Foods today to have a pee, and my God, I'm still – I am it, – it reeks of just – of a fucking wokeism there. Like I just want to go in there and pee all over the floor, and I can't help but look at these people in disgust just like they looked at me and my thoughts on this thing in disgust originally. It's almost like – you know, I just pretty much want to say at this point, I was right about everything – I was right in my thought process and in my values. I was right. You were wrong. You owe me an apology about everything. And that's all there is really to it. Will I ever receive an apology? Do I? I mean, at this point, I think I kind of deserve one. I'm sorry. You know, this shit almost cost me my job. It almost cost me my originally my livelihood. I apologize for none of it. Um, I've, I've probably lost some friends over this, or maybe they weren't even friends to begin with, so fuck it. Um, Hollywood has lost its complete fucking mind over this stuff. Millions of people... You know what's the funny thing is? There was so many situations where this whole thing came about, and then we instilled these m- medical per- policies about, uh, you know, uh, oxygen machines and, and vaccination status 
and um, the fuck else is it? Oh, um, perspiration. What is it called? Where you essentially where you're supposed to make sure that you aspirate the skin and then how this thing doesn't uh, get into your bloodstream then all of a sudden now it does it, it's been proven that actually the mRNA spike protein does get into your bloodstream which can cause all kinds of problems we don't know if it's blood clots we don't know if it's heart disease we know that myocarditis is a rare side effect of it and much much higher than any other medication that's I believe ever been on the market before it was pulled. This one still got emergency use authorization, and it's still mandated in the healthcare field. Oh boy, oh boy. Being right about my own health and wellness, at the end of the day, is the best decision you can make for yourself. The question is, it's like, all right, well, admit it. people don't want to admit that they're wrong, but it's like, listen, this is for your own health and wellness. It's like your own mental well-being. You took this thing. It's in your body. What can you do about it? If that's what they really should be talking about at this point. If you've taken this thing and it's bad and it turns out that it may not be good for you and your DNA and your genetics, what do you actually do about it? Are there ways to, you know, offset the potential dangers of that thing actually being in your body? Because this thing hunts for this thing hunts in a very different manner than your standard uh, your standard jab, your standard vaccine. I mean, this is basically gene therapy. It's not a vaccine. It doesn't really help you. Uh, and over time, it helps you even less. And there's studies coming out that just getting constant boosters is even worse for you. <sighs> you know, it's right now, it's just they're just drug pushers. So, what do we, how can we offer to those people a an olive branch of essentially like, look, you took this thing. I think we're good now, but now there's there's reasons to believe that what you have in your system may not be good for you long term. Well, first of all, these people, a lot of these people who took this thing are not healthy to begin with. They're extreme. I mean, oh, what were we talking about here? Oh, the way that when people needed, they were putting people on oxygen in New York City, and they just the eighty percent of those people that were put on oxygen in New York City died died because maybe they cranked up the pressure too much and apparently if they take like antidepressants or something like that something that suppresses your heart rate they were taking certain medications that were suppressing your your ability to you know you wanted to stimulate breathing not suppress it and if you s suppress breathing or calm down your heart rate or calm down your lung capacity it eventually that's also what kills you you want to speed up people's heart rate you want to pe keep people going you almost want to like jason state them from crank you want to do something like that but Instead of that, we gave them antidepressants. We gave them relaxants. We just pumped them full of oxygen. We caused more damage to their lungs and eventually just killed them when these people probably would have just been in the hospital for a week and then been on their way. I mean, I bet you you could have fed these people a shitload of DayQuil and they would have just moved on with the damn thing and they would have had some type of immunity or you could have advised them properly about how to take care of themselves. But you didn't do that, did you? No, you just filled them full of all the wrong drug drugs and sub and subjected them to all the wrong doctors and all the wrong tick-tocking, coked-up, slutty nurses, and you eventually led these people to their death. I bet you there is more malpractice deaths during the pandemic than the actual people that would have died from the fucking COVID vaccine, COVID uh, uh, than the the excuse me, than actual COVID itself. I bet if you really looked at all these, which you can't. 
because that'll never get released. The amount of people that went into the hospital with COVID and then they got put on all this shit. What was the likelihood of them actually just living as opposed to the medical malpractice that took case when you put them on oxygen, you put them on tanks, you fill them full of these drugs, and now they're dead. And then of them just going into the hospital and then being a week later being like, yeah, I actually feel pretty good. I mean, the original reports were people felt like shit for a day and they were fine. Or they took, they were feeling like shit and then they gave, they were given medication that basically made the problem even worse. There was a guy who had a YouTube channel, some gun nut, um, and he was not healthy at all. He went in with COVID and then something, he was just, he was on, he wasn't on monoclonal antibodies. He wasn't on hydroxychloroquine. They didn't supplement him on anything else other than remdesivir and his condition got worse wasn't and like i said he wasn't fed monoclonals and he wasn't fed hydroxychloroquine they stuck him on remdesivir and you know literally a month later the wife goes on his youtube channel and says we regret to inform you that it is with a heavy heart that my husband has passed away a man that could have been saved times a million there's supposedly millions of deaths and maybe millions of them didn't have to die Somebody's ultimately responsible for the chaos that we have subjected the American people and the world to. We fed them a load of bullshit. Like we always do. And now we're slowly like, oh yeah, by the way, natural immunity as good if not better. Most likely came from a lab. Vitamin D, ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine are actually pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, we never really covered it up. We just needed time to do the research. We just can't confirm it yet. It's just most likely. Low confidence. Low amounts of confidence. Fantastic. <sighs> I have lost all confidence in my government. All confidence in my advisors, my state advisors, my federal advisors, the hospital, the healthcare system. I believe all of them either don't know what they're talking about, aren't educated enough, or fucking bought and paid for. I think it's one of the reasons I think it's one of the reasons that James O'Keefe was pushed out of Project Veritas, that he was basically fired, kicked out. That he that was his baby. And literally the moment he fucking targets uh, his, he targets his journalism clause into somebody who works for Pfizer, the next thing you know, he's put on some type of administrative leave and a bunch of bullshit charges come uh, come about from from internals inside the company. The guy was uncovering the biggest shit show in history to, for, regarding this pandemic. And the next thing you know, he's out. It's it's too fucking real. It's too it's too coincidental. Obviously, he was bought and paid for. There, are, I'll tell you what, Dana. This this whole deep state corporate corruption is it's it's coming to light the question is how much more shit and the thing is how much more shit's going to come to light and here's the thing can the normal average everyday person even stomach it so like people go they they sit down they watch the news quote the news and they get their bullshit fed to them they get them spoon fed to them and then they you know, they talk about it, they complain about it, they go to their hairdresser, they go to work, and they spew the same bullshit that doesn't make any sense and has no actual data behind it. Imagine if the things I'm talking about were 
put into the news cycle and then people sit down and they watch this and be like, hey, by the way, your government full of shit. Your uh, your senior officials lied to you. Your doctor's not telling you the truth and is not confident in his abilities. Um, and we're bombing Yemen for no fucking reason. And also January 6th with, was filled with government informants that instigated the scenario. Imagine being fed that over your fucking TV dinner. Your heads would explode. People wouldn't understand it. People just want to move on with their day. People just want to get on with it. They don't have time to sit there. Many people don't have time or don't make time to sit there and digest the actual truth and the nuance of everything. But the truth is it's there. It's there. But, I mean, it's not for... It's not for you to have to listen to me talk about it. It's up to you to find a, a, a pathway of, of knowledge, of information that you can digest because digesting me is next to impossible. Okay? I'm, if you're looking at, a, if you're looking at a, uh, you know, a grocery aisle full of steaks, I'm not the one you're going to pick the most. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm going to be that, you know, that top round one for 289 But... I'll still tell you the truth. I'll still report to you what I see here and what is actually most likely to be the case, what is most likely to be the truth. And I'll give you some nuggets of information. There are way better people that can do – there are way more people that can do this way better than I can. But I'm still going to follow the, the code of I'm going to give you the information as I see it and know it to be true. So I'm telling you, if I tell you I'm fucking right, I'm fucking right. I was right about natural immunity. The way I take care of myself is better than the way they take care of themselves. I'm telling you from the very beginning, shit came from a fucking lab. I've seen the lab. It's right there. Duh. Okay. All that adds up. I'm telling you that Fauci lied. I'm telling you that he's full of shit. I'm telling you that the WHO and the NIH is bought and paid for. I'm telling you all this stuff because by my value system, my value system has kept me alive and kept me healthy through this entire process. I haven't been sick all fucking winter. All winter. All winter, I've been perfectly fine. Health, supplementation, exercise, good food. And I eat a lot of carbohydrates, which makes me susceptible to inflammation during the wintertime. And yet, doing that, and now I'm cycling out of that phase, I didn't get sick at all this winter. Two hot showers a day, working out, eating properly, being of good spirits, trying to get, trying to get as much sleep as I possibly can. That's usually my downfall. That's usually what gets me sick. The only thing I did health-wise last year was I had my back teeth ripped out. And I can tell you for sure, having my wisdom teeth removed has absolutely been a significant factor in my health improving, becoming better. 100%. No doubt about it. Because when your back teeth are, ca- are causing you problems, that shit, there's bacteria getting into your bloodstream, which can cause all kinds of chaos for you and lead to heart disease. So there are studies to prove that. So what I'm telling you is the actual truth. It's just that people don't want to hear it. A lot of people don't want to hear it or they don't have time to. So. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I told you. I already know. I told. I know what to tell you. I've told you it. The question is, do you want to listen? You know? And when are you going to apologize to me for, I'm sorry, yet I didn't listen to you sooner. Jesus fucking Christ. If that's the one thing I'm going to spew to you in this dumbass podcast with a low subscribership, it's that freaking – what I'm telling you is the truth. What I'm telling you is real. What I'm telling you is valid. 
it doesn't matter how much graphics are put in the front of this. It doesn't matter uh, how many headlines are spewed across the bo- the the bottom of your breaking news, you know, n- bullshit CNN news station. The end is at the end of the day is they're wrong, they're lying. I'm right. I'm telling you the truth, and my science is correct. That's the facts. Don't trust them. Don't believe a word they're saying. At the end of the day, when they're going to tell you all of this stuff that I'm telling you maybe a year and a half from now in some skewed narrative, and they're going to be like, whoa, where did this information come from? This is new to us. It's like bullshit. You were covering this up and calling me a fucking piece of shit from the very beginning, and now all of a sudden you are. You're the the know-it-all of uh, like, oh, this is newly discovered stuff. Where did we not hear about this before? This is an outrage. Somebody should be held accountable. Yeah, you for telling me that I'm a piece of shit and I should be left behind, left behind, and I can't go into grocery stores and I can't have a job. You were the same motherfuckers who said that. You were, and now all of a sudden you're like, hmm, well, why is this all about? This is this is new information. I, you know, this is okay, and then we'll just they'll just you know. They don't get a grip on another – they don't let go of the branch that they're on, the, the branch of bullshit they're on until they get a grip on the next goddamn corporate monkeys. Anyways, we're at almost 40 minutes. We should close up shop with some Q&A. Let's see what else I can be right about on this week's podcast. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, go ahead and find me anywhere where podcasts are available. Um, audio version is everywhere. Video version is on Rumble, Positive Sarcasm. Like, subscribe, share, donate, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Also, check out the Weeble app. Subscribe and get uh, use my link affiliate link in the description down below. You'll get free stocks, and I'll get free stocks. I appreciate you. Let's move on, shall we? Article monitor away. Dig.com Q&A. Let's freaking do this. My family and my husband's have a very different gift-giving preference expectation. So we agreed to, from the start of our relationship that we would take each other, take care of the gifts for our own families as needed, appropriate marking the gift from both of all of us now that there are kids. This sounds way too complicated. This has got to be a chick writing this. Well, my mother-in-law's birthday was last week. My husband <laughs> got her a card that he wrote a nice note in some of the, her favorite candies, and then he asked me if I would make a batch of the cupcakes she really likes. Okay. I love baking, and he gave me plenty of notice and bought all the ingredients for me, so no problem there. He had asked her what she wanted. She told him just spending time together would be perfect. Aw. The day before her birthday, we took the kids to their house and hung out for most of the day. As we left, my father-in-law pulled me aside and asked me if he would be bringing her gift over the next day. I said we'd brought everything with us and we and wouldn't be coming over since it was a work day and it was already chaotic. He asked what we'd gotten her and I said she told my husband she just wanted to spend the day together and we brought the cupcakes, candies, and card. He was upset we hadn't gotten her, quote, a real gift. I said he should talk to my husband about it since he took care of it and in any case, mother-in-law seemed happy. Father-in-law said getting gifts was my responsibility as the wife uh, uh, slash mother of the family and that he would tell my mother-in-law her gift had been delayed in shipping, but I should have something for her the following weekend. I knew my father-in-law was a bit old-fashioned in rigidity to gender roles, but this is the first time it's majorly come out towards me. Should I handle this myself? with my father-in-law or enlist my husband uh allow your husband this is this is your husband's dad your your husband should let you know 
old-fashioned, whatever. Your father's personality, right or wrong, is something that your husband should be responsible for letting you know how he is so you can at least prepare to give or take or endure before going over. Your husband didn't tell you this. So your husband needs to get the shit and be like, why didn't you fucking tell me that we were supposed to get a gift? Okay. It's... uh, I don't know. I'm going to not skew this. I'm just going to be like, listen. Apparently there was supposed to be a gift. Your husband didn't say anything. You got shit for it. You give your husband the shit. Let him deal with the problem. If it is because of the gift lady thing, I don't I don't know how that works. Like I said, it's your husband. You're supposed to trust him with the decision-making process. And if you can't, there's a problem. Sort it out with him and make him handle it. Moving on. Besides, a son's job is to stand up to his father after a certain amount of years. That's when you know he's actually becoming a man. Next up, Sipasuda. Hmm. Ah, seltzer. We have relatives who stay with us twice a year, for a week or two at a time. We very much appreciate their visits. Their presence is welcome. That's good. As a thank you for their stay, they offer to do whatever needs doing around the house and yard. Okay. Uh, My husband and I... um, My husband and I are the parents of a busy young family, and our area is rural enough that services like lawn care and housekeeping aren't widely available, so we welcome extra help when we can get it. In the past, we've saved jobs for them, but lately I've become frustrated. Time and time again, we give them a job that's well within their scope, and they'll cut corners to get it done faster. Mm -hmm. Then they'll laugh laugh about how they minimize their work time so they have more relaxation afterwards. For example, the trim work on our house is done in contrasting colors. What? but they painted it all one color. It seems like using two colors was too hard even though I gave them the paint and brushes to do both. Next time they visit, my husband is inclined to either not let them help or just figure beggars can't be choosers if we ask them to do something. Kinda true, but mm, I'm inclined to politely say I love you, but love you to have you help with this task, but I'd like, I'd like no corners to be cut as was done in the past. It feels like too much, please don't start the job at all. If it feels like too much, don't start the job at all. Mm, but maybe neither of us, neither one of us is right. Uh, well, here's the thing. Trim work on our house, so painting, painting should be done by, painting should be done by you. That's you, that's your home, that's your responsibility. Those are things that, um, I don't know if you want to infringe that upon your, quote, guests or whatever. Um, that's something that's – it's your house. It's your it's your sacred spot. That may be something that you want to take on. If it comes to, like, maybe doing la- like doing laundry and folding laundry or removing dishes from the dishwasher or washing the dishes that are in the sink, I mean, little shit like that that kind of gives you an extra five to ten minutes of your day so your day can get streamlined, those things – I think kind of makes more sense, but it's like, hey, go out there and paint my fucking house. It's like, um, I think we'll get a hotel. Thank you very much. Um, but simple errands. I mean, it's like, what is it? Uh, needs whatever, do whatever needs doing around the house. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the easiest thing to do is be like, all right, fuck it. Let's not, let's not ask that of them. Let's, let's maybe do other things. This there has to be, I don't know if a line drawn, but it seems like this is going to be a growing issue. Huh. 
Anyways, who am I to talk? Let's move forward. Ooh, nice. How can I get my mother-in-law to stop rearranging my furniture every time I go on vacation? I would just be like, bitch, stop touching my fucking shit and don't come to my house or call the police. Anyways, when my husband, kids, and I go away, my mother-in-law insists on staying at our house. She then rearranges the rooms in my house, moving things to where she thinks they should be. She also manages to leave behind her toiletries in the bathroom. More than once, she's thrown a party for her friends during her absence. It drives me crazy. Going on vacation stresses me out because I have no idea what I'm coming home to. When my husband tells her I don't like when she rearranges things, she gets defensive and cries about how she can't understand why I hate her. I don't hate her. I hate her. Uh, I just wish she would respect my boundaries of uh, my house. Advice. I, I would change the locks on the doors. Don't touch my shit. Don't rearrange my shit. You insist on staying there, and then you fucking party in my house. You are you are a freeloading bitch. I would not allow this person to the house. The that is that's not something you want in your life. Something bad could happen uh, in that home when you're when you're not there. Uh, yeah, I would shut that down right now before something else gets out of hand. Especially if you have like a gun at the house, or if you have something in the house. I, I mean, you're it's your home. You're liable for what happens in that house. And if she is clearly not responsible enough to be in your home, she shouldn't be in your home at all. Change the locks. Moving on. Uh, what time are we at? Get the fuck out of here. 47 minutes. Okay. How can I get people to I manage at work to invite me to social gatherings? Ugh. I manage a small, tight-knit team. The people I've hired in the last two years socialize together quite a bit, which is great. The downside is they don't invite me or other man other managers. The junior members will hang out together and not invite the managers. There's a reason for that. The disappointing part of this is that the team has historically been very close uh, and we hope didn't feel hierarchical. As we hire more people, I would prefer the environment feel inclusive. Ugh, I hate that word. It's a little awkward when five people s- spent their weekend together and are talking about it and remaining three weren't invited. Remain recently at a team dinner. One of them said to someone outside the department that everyone went to an event together. The person asked me if I had gone, and I said I hadn't. I hadn't been invited. My team member said I wouldn't have gone anyways. The managers do have babies or life responsibilities that keep us from socializing together after hours. We also have more friends outside of work than most of the junior members, so the likelihood of us participating is low. Okay then. Then what are you complaining about? But we still like to be asked. And feel a little hurt being left out while recognizing the team shouldn't feel free to hang without being obligated to ask us to come. I guess they don't want their managers to come along, and that is tricky for us because we really encourage a flat culture and put us versus them vibe into the team. I'm not exactly sure how to handle this. Uh, is there a way or if there's anything to handle at all? Um, that whole work environment, these things I complain – I've talked about this like several different times in many different facets. At the end of the day, it's a job. You go to the job, you work the job. If you actually end up getting invited to shit outside of work, be very careful in what you do. Be very careful in what you say and understand who you're hanging out with. And if you're not being invited to the shit, fucking who cares? You still got to work. You still go to work. You still get a paycheck and the job is fine. And if there is some corrupt camaraderie that happens to work well, make the, the work environment better, great. Then don't worry about it. If you're not getting invited, maybe it's because you suck. Like if I don't invite – if people don't invite me to shit, I don't get offended at all. There's tons of things that I, I see or, or have heard about that I didn't get invited to. Do I get upset about it? No, because I'm I'm probably not cut out for that environment. I see people going on freaking – going on boat parties across the lake. I don't get invited to those. You think I give a shit? No, it's, it's like it's not my thing to be – insert myself into other people's good time because maybe I'm not there. Maybe I won't make it as good of a time. 
I get invited to stuff sometimes, and it's like, oh, hey, cool. And then I stay out of the way, and I chill out when I do get invited to stuff. If I don't get invited to something, whether it's a baby shower or a fucking party boat thing, I'm not going to get upset. I don't go, um, that is what's not going to get you invited. That's what's not going to get you invited. And first of all, even if you don't ever get invited, that's fine. You're not always going to be part of that clique. That's not your thing. Your job is to just focus on what you're doing and not what everybody else is doing. Just because you're not part of a clique doesn't mean you should be getting all offensive because you know a bunch of people went out and hung out at a fucking pool party and didn't invite you. You're a manager at a job. If you're not getting invited to something, it's probably because they don't trust you because maybe you are a manager or maybe you just suck at life in general or maybe just maybe they just don't want you there. Or in any case, it's not something you should be thinking about beyond the point of even thinking about it. You should just move on and focus on your job and nothing else because there's so many other things that you could be doing as an individual than worrying about what other people are doing together as a collective. There. I just solved all your problems. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Find me anywhere where podcasts are available, including Substack. Like, subscribe, share, donate. PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Just remember, I was right about natural immunity. I was right about vitamin D. I was right about vibromectin. I was right, right about the, the lab leak theory. I was right about everything. I'm always right. Except for women. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> another story for another day. Um... Just remember, I'm right, and you owe me an apology. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.